Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. Last January, Stephanie Thompson received a gender equity grant from Curling Canada to organize a virtual fitness program for young women. In this episode, we talk about the grant, her fitness business, and how to get kids to warm up and cool down properly at curling practice. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. I wanted to bring you on to talk to you about your uh, recent equity grant that you won from Curling Canada, I believe in February or January. Uh, Now, I'm just going to read the text right from the press release itself. Uh, Stephanie Thompson, Empowered Performance, uh, to put on a virtual group fitness program for young girls focusing on reducing curling-related injuries. So I'll start with this. Uh, Where did the idea come from? Um, This is something that's kind of been in the back of my brain for a really long time. The reason that I got into fitness and the fitness side of curling was really because growing up um, as a young junior junior curler in Ontario, if you Googled fitness, training, rehab, injury prevention, and curling, there was nothing. So I remember being on a junior team with a team that was high in high in the rankings in Ontario, and we wanted to like gain that edge against our competition, and we couldn't find any information. Um, and so as I went through my undergrad degree, I actually paid attention to, I, I have an undergrad in kinesiology and education. Every single thing I learned, I actually related it back to curling first as a way so that I would remember it, but then it ended up being really helpful for my team and then obviously ended up creating a business. So when I saw the Curling Canada Gender Equity Award grant go out, I was like, okay, this could be a great opportunity for me to try to find a way to create that information that's Googleable. So right now, if you Google fitness and curling, there's a few other people out there doing some things, uh, but most of the stuff you're going to find is mine. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that we had accessible information, accessible, actionable tasks for not just girls, but everybody. Um, But I love that it was focused at girls. So um, I, I was looking up online when I was applying for this award and they ran this rally report in in Canada, and the stats were shocking. That one in three girls who have participated in sport drop out by late adolescence. Um, I'm paraphrasing here, and report the following factors as preventing them from participating in sport. So low confidence, negative body image, perceived lack of skill, poor perceptions of belonging, and not feeling overwhelmed. So sorry, not feeling welcomed. So that perceived lack of skill, that confidence, that body image, all those pieces. I know for my team, I felt like we we were able to use fitness, um, looking back in a way that wasn't exactly curling specific, but we were using fitness to create um, our own body awareness, increase our own fitness so that we could be better at our sport. But not every curling female specifically, and, and in this case specifically, but of course anyone, not every curler knows where to find that information. Um, so when the grant came out, um, I knew that I wanted to create a, a female specific, I actually apl- applied with a very broad idea, a female specific training program. Because I wanted to have this information be available for young women 
and young curlers, um, female curlers, so that they could, if they felt, okay, I, I need to increase my confidence and by gaining some strength and some fitness this off season, what can I do? They'd be able to Google it and find it. So really filling in that gap that when I was, you know, 13, 18, 22, couldn't find that information. I wanted it to be available for other people. Right. I, I think you answered my question. That was going to be my next question. How old, uh, what age range are you looking at for this particular uh, program? Yeah. So we're going to be running, um, they're going to be available on a future Youth Curling Canada website. Um, and the three sessions will target common issues that curlers have in balance, control, power, injury, and energy. So like having that full game energy. Um, and the sessions will be aimed at junior and high school aged young women. Um, because that, that the fact that one in three girls who participate in sport drop out by that, that middle adolescence age, or in curling, I see a lot of curlers, they get to the end of their junior career, they get to university, University, and then either if even if they play on a university team, sometimes they don't make it to that transition to women, women's uh, women's level. So we're trying to help with that transition. Um, and a lot of curlers, not just females, get by with with their skills alone until they hit uh, puberty. And then once we have more um, things on our priority list, school, work, potentially families, other hobbies, etc. Their, their skill only gets them so far. So especially now, thanks to like two Olympic cycle, three Olympic cycles a low, uh, ago with Cheryl uh, Bernard, um, fitness and curling is so much more important. Like you even look at, you look at the hub city bubble right now, the, the Calgary bubble in, in 2021, and like the athletes are having local gyms send them equipment. Um, oh, wow. Actually, Right. The, the athletes are having teams send them. Sorry, the teams are contacting. Um, I know CrossFit Calgary helped out. Orange Theory Fitness helped out. They were sending stationary bikes, rowing machines, um, TRX trainers, bands, weights, etc., to their room. So I know the athletes have access to a gym, but you have to sign up. Um, so especially during their isolation period, they're having to train. So, so anyways, I actually forget what the, the beginning question was. Oh, oh it's okay. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it targeted at? Though so I'm, I, we're hoping to aim it at that the youth athlete, but giving them that opportunity to transition to women's. Um, and I do work with a wide variety of of athletes in and out of season. Um, and I'm getting junior age athletes and young women and senior women, young senior women, of course. Um, and they all have, I mean, realistically, they all could use this resource. So once this resource is available, realistically, every body needs to move. Um, but we're going to make sure that it's uh, all female identifying in the, in the video, in the videos that we're doing, they're following along. Um, there are some unique um, body issues that, that females experience as they go through puberty, the way that our hips are, the way our balance is. A lot of females are hypermobile, so they need strength. Um, so again, not saying that, that the male side of curling doesn't need this stuff. They 100% can go online. Um, but I think that it's really important that young women can look online, see young female curling athletes training for their sport and know that they can do that too to help get them to that next level. What are some of those specific challenges and specific things that when it comes to fitness and females and, and young women, uh, that uh, that's different than, than just general fitness? Uh, what, what is it specifically about female fitness and, and maybe female mm-hmm. fitness in the sport of curling? Um, it's been, it's been noted that like a, a, a young female, um, is as they're growing up, their, their 
going to be a little bit more hypermobile. They're going to have lots of range of motion at the joints. They're probably going to be a little bit more flexible. Why that is could be the type of activities that they like to engage in compared to males. Um, you know, young girls typically like to do things like dance and gymnastics and yoga. Not saying the men don't want to do that. They 100% could. And I do see males with hypermobility, lots of flexibility. But when you have too much flexibility, I, I used to be able to, I still can, fold in half right? I can touch the floor flat-handed, fold in half. I can do the splits. Um, when I, when, you know, you see girls and they slide and they're like trailing leg is like literally touching the ice. Like when we <laughs> right. have that range of flexibility, what we're actually possibly lacking is strength. So your joints are designed to be mobile. So they have lots of range of motion or stable and or stable. So strength and stability kind of are synonymous. We're going to use them interchangeably. Um, but the major joints in your body, some of them are primarily supposed to be stable and some of them are primarily supposed to be mobile. The knee is supposed to be stable. We're not supposed to have a lot of range of motion at the knee. The ankle and the hip, we want to be mobile. So in a curler, if they find that all their joints, this is what hypermobility is, all their joints go past the recommended range of mo motion, we actually lack stability. And what happens is that athlete gets tight and they're likely, they're opening themselves to that um, opportunity for injury. Not everybody. Um, some curlers, like I know, I actually used to get a lot lower in my slide and I'm a lot higher now, not because I've lost flexibility, but because I've increased strength so that my, my delivery is not just mobile, but stable. So we're going to make sure that we've got warm-up activities in the, so it's going to be four sessions. Hey, there's going to be, sorry, three main sessions that they can watch the videos on. They're about 30 minutes long. Um, but then there's also going to be, I call it activation for curling and a recovery for curling. So instead of a warm up and a cool down, um, high performance athletes in many sports use activation and recovery. So we're stimulating recovery. So in the activation stuff, it's not just about stretching, static stretching, holding a pose. It's making sure that we're activating the muscles and getting the strength there. Um, and then this, with the recovery piece, that's where if they want to do the static stretching, that's where we put it in because the muscles are warm, the joints are warm. We're also tapping into that, that nervous system. So, so typically we see females, and I see it a lot at camps, the young females are usually able to get a lot lower than the males, but that's actually, it's beneficial but it can also be a detriment because they're exposing themselves to injury and they're not strong. They're not stable in those joints. So they're going to struggle to generate power. Okay. And if they try to hold themselves up a little bit higher, they don't have the balance because the muscles around the joints aren't strong enough. So we're going to make sure that we're touching on those pieces, how to build mobility or maintain your mobility with strength and how to increase the strength in your upper body and your lower body. Um, I, I, I don't like to say that men are stronger because I have a little woman complex. <laughs> so like, I like, I like to think that women can be just as strong as men. Um, but, but I mean, a, a lot of men will do sports that re might require more strength. So specifically in the upper body, um, we see, especially trying to get young curlers into a sweeping position. I see it with the men. Some of them lack the upper body strength and this core strength to hold them up. But more often than not, it is the young females that struggle with that. So um, the other, so we've got the activation and the recovery session. And then we're going to have an upper, I'm calling it the upper body basics for curling. So what kind of things do you need to help increase your strength, control, comfort, confidence, and coordination? Because a lot of curlers just, they either think it's their core that needs to get stronger, 
or it's their upper body. And realistically, it's all, it's both pieces and then how they transfer to the lower body. So we're going to make sure that the exercises that they're learning, I'm a kinesiologist, so I'm a movement therapist. So this isn't just your basic push-up row, et cetera. Like I want to make sure that these athletes have access to how to utilize the strength from their feet through their trunk into their hands so that they can sweep. And I know I get a little bit nerdy, but I think that there's nothing wrong with understanding how the body works and how it needs to work, especially if they're a youth athlete wanting to curl for a really, really, really long time. And when I get the older athletes and they look at things like this and they think it's too basic, I'm like, no, 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 trust me. Like you need this foundation piece because you missed it as a youth athlete. We didn't have that kind of stuff growing up. We, we touched our toes. We stretched our hamstrings. We jogged on the spot. It's not the same. Um, the other one is that balance and power. So teaching the athletes how to build strength. It's, it's funny. I'll, I'll talk to, um, all across the board, youth and adults. And for some reason, the men have heavier weights available in their house. And the females are like, I have five and 10 pounds. And I'm like, Oh, interesting. I'm like, I'm like, girl, your purse weighs 20 pounds. Why are you (laughs) buying a five pound weight? Right. Like, like, like you pick up your child who weighs 40 pounds. And when I want you to do a squat, you're balking at the idea of 10. So it's not a shot on women. I think it's mentally, they need to know that, yes, I can lift this weight. I just don't know how much it is. <laughs> Whereas men get this complex. We're like, I need to lift weight. And then their form goes. And anyways, um, but I, I have noticed that. And it goes across the board. A lot of it is just um, um, availability. Like I grew up and I still have them think, thankfully, because I'm working mostly from home, so I don't have access to gym, the 5, 10, and 15 pounds that I grew up with. But I had to go on Amazon and Treadmill Factory and resource some friends um, and buy a couple sandbags so that I could get a little bit heavier weight. Because realistically, we need strength. We actually need to increase that resistance. So the, 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 the second session will focus on lower body and then the third one is that rebounding between shots. Men and women seem to have the similar um, struggles with cardio. It's not a male-female um, gender-specific uh, complex that we have. So working on that ability to rebound between shots. Wow, that's that's awesome. Uh, I know that uh, uh, <laughs> that's a lot of content, <laughs> for, for lack of a better word, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's valuable content. Uh, I'm super when, excited. Super yeah. excited. When do you anticipate these videos being released? Well, the tough part is, is that we are in the middle of a pandemic. Right. <laughs> um, so, cause we want the, so when I say we, I mean me and Curling Canada, cause it's a Curling Canada grant. We want to be able to not just have me be in the videos, but actually outsource and get a couple of youth athletes to come into the videos. So we need to be in a space um, where legally we're allowed to get together and uh, safely get together. So the videos, I, I predict if I look at the summer, like I guarantee that we're not getting back to like being right up against someone and touching them and make, moving them around, but at least having those athletes in the background. Um, and we want to make sure that we're picking athletes that this is kind of like a call to action too. If someone's listening and they're like, oh, I'd love to be in this video. And I live near the GTA. Um, I don't know exactly how Curling Canada is going to do their their selection for this, but we want 
we want to make this as diverse as possible. Okay. So we want to make sure that we've got lots of, of, of heights, sizes, hair colors, cultures, etc. I'm not sure again, how many people we're going to have. Um, but we're hoping to film this in the summer so that it'll be available for use. Um, I mean, once I film them, all the information's done. It's, it just needs to be put up by curling Canada. So sadly I don't have a date. Um, but I, I'm really excited about that. It's not just going to be, I mean, right now all my videos are me. Um, but it's nice if we can get athletes that can see themselves in the people that they're watching do the videos. No, I, I appreciate that stuff. Uh, and I'm sure when, uh, when it comes time for you to give some contact information, they can get in touch with you if they're interested. So, yeah. uh, yeah, look, really looking forward to it. I know I have had a couple of other equity award, uh, winners on the podcast. So, uh, thanks for, thanks for sharing that, uh, that preview. I think oh, you're welcome. The first time I've heard of the details, but, uh, since I have you, yeah, you, you're kind of known as the, uh, uh, the fitness, the curling fitness person, uh, <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in the space. So maybe I can get you to talk a bit about your business. It's called empowered performance. Uh, yeah, for those who might not be familiar, what, what, what is it? And, uh, how long have you been going for? It's been a while now. Uh, officially the business is in its sixth year. Um, but I've been working with curlers and I say working with curlers, I mean, my team and myself and my brother's team, shout out to my brother's team for being a guinea pigs, (laughs) um, for over a decade, which is really cool. So like, while I was still in school, we were making, like, when I say we Googled and looked up ways to gain that edge, like this hap- this was happening when I was like 12, 13, like junior age. We were looking for ways. And I, and I drew from a lot of other sports. Um, luckily, I was a multi-sport athlete. I had lots of friends that did training programs. So I was able to kind of pull from that. Um, so yeah, the, the business has been around officially for six years. Um, I did my, my kinesiology degree at Western. Then I did a year with my Bachelor of Education at Trent. Um, and then did a year of rocks and rings. Yay! <laughs> But I found that while I was doing rocks and rings, I spent all of my breaks creating programs. That was the first year that I had a team. So I, was, I became a personal trainer that summer. I had some teams that wanted to do some online stuff. Um, and, and I just kind of realized I didn't, I loved teaching. It just didn't think I, I, the space for me was in a school. So I, I, when I was in my placements, when I did rocks and rings, I was like, ah, I want to be in the gym. I want to be doing this kind of stuff, health and curlers filling in that gap. So it's been around for six years, which is kind of exciting. Um, the first team that I ever trained ended up winning that year's junior Ontario, which was really wow. cool. I was like, uh, of course. No, I was kidding. I, I, a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the athletes I work with, it, I find it so interesting. They come to me and I can already tell that they're winners. We're just making sure that they're in a space where they're as strong as possible, as fit as possible, decrease the chance of injury so that they can practice and train and play as much as possible and not have to worry about their fitness when it comes down to that final game. A team that I worked with this past summer out west they they got to play about i think they played in six events and they trained all summer long they had no idea what their 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 season was going to look like um but it was real junior team they showed up at their first event and i think they lost the semi-final 
And then they went on to win the next five. I was like, what the heck? And they're like, well, we were fitter than everybody else. Mm. Everybody else sat at home wondering if the curling season was going to happen. And they actually put the work in through the summer. So they're like, you're our secret weapon. <laughs> we want you again. We need to keep doing this. I'm like, beautiful. Got you where I want you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the my business is primarily virtual. I do have a couple of in-person uh, people that I work with because as a kin, I can do that in Ontario with the regulations. Um, but most of my work is virtual and I'm the hipster of online training. So I've been doing this for years because curlers, curlers are spread out, especially in Ontario. We're spread out. Like I know people that are in Ottawa playing with people in London, which is like a seven hour mm. drive. Like it's not short. Um, even myself as, a, as when I was young and when I was at Western, everybody was spread out. So we always had to do virtual. We always had right. to communicate through email, through text, through Facebook messenger or whatever. Um, we always had to put our information up online and share it with each other. Um, so yeah, so most of my, yeah, sorry, you had a question. That's no, okay. It's just a yeah. quick one. Are, are you still comp competing competitively? Are you, are you on a team? Yeah, I play with the team out of, we're going to play out of, oh, Whitby, um, at Whitby, Ontario. So uh, team was Silky, team mm. was Silky, Kate was Silky. So I've actually played with um, our vice Lauren for, I want to say over 10 years, which is really exciting. Um, so she's been around, she's been, I, I, I tribute my team and I thank every team I've ever been on because I'm like, we're going to try this new little workout scheme, this new little plan. We're going to try to make your knee better. I'm going to experiment with you. <laughs> Uh, right. Put my name on the front of the jackets and that's all I ask. Um, but yeah, so my business, basically what I do is my, my main goal is to help curlers. And I say competitive curlers, you could be recreational, you could be competitive on the elite circuit. I work with everybody because at the end of the day, we all have the same demands. So, I mean, elite is going to have a little bit more intense demands, but we all need to be able to get in the hack, throw a rock, sweep a rock, stand up, generate weight, control our our, our draw weight, et cetera. We all need to do those pieces. Um, but I, my main thing is that I can help athletes compete and play, sorry, train and compete pain free. Um, right. there's a lot of people that think that knee pain, back pain, wrist pain is normal. And I'm like, yeah, it's common, but your knee hurting is not normal. That's not good. But it always makes me a little bit sad when I see people and they're like, oh, I'll just wait until I'm 40 and I'll get a knee replacement. I'm like, no, we don't need to do that. <laughs> we don't need to do that. Um, obviously, depending on what's going on inside the knee. Um, but for most people, it's preventable, right? Think about those hypermobile females, myself included. I wore a knee brace and an ankle brace to make sure I didn't drop too low in my slide. Um, and when I get excited, when athletes are like, all I need to wear is an, a brace or some KT tape. And I'm like, perfect. So if I took the KT tape off or the brace off, like I call them crutches, right? <laughs> or like casts. If we take that off, you feel pain. And when we put them on, you feel good. That tells me we have the potential to use strength to take the place of those braces of that tape. So it gives me hope. Right. Um, so where I'm where I'm at in my business teams, I mean, teams are just are looking for something to do right now. So we're doing a lot of virtual training. I have something called my EP VIP program. So I'm power performance VIP. Um, and depending on where you are focused, I have some people who are dealing with back pain and that's a huge barrier for them to become better, improve their performance and play more. So our main focus is dealing on the, the back pain. And I have other people that come to me. They're like, I need to be able to rebound between shots. I need bigger hit weight. Um, I can't quite get into my sweeping position properly. Help me with that. Um, 
both of them come down to moving really well and just really making sure that we're breathing well, moving well, um, and, and then planning our time accordingly, depending on how long we have. Yeah, no, I just wanted to give you a chance to, to, to plug your business and thank you. well, what I've got you here. So, you know, this is coaching kids curling. This is my podcast. This is my yep. niche. So uh, while I have you, I wanted, to, I did want to ask you about, uh, fitness and little kids, U12s. Mm-hmm. So as you may know, uh, I run, I've been running my little rocks program for about 10 years now. And when it comes to fitness in our program, I'll admit, I, I think the one thing we do for sure is we have a warm-up before we, uh, before we go on the ice. Uh, I mean, there's been programs that I've seen that recommend the cool down. But let, let me just ask you the general question. How important is it that we include a warm-up and a cool down in those programs, those U12, those little rocks programs, or, or, is, or is the activity on the ice enough? Um, I think from a habit building perspective, at least having your athletes doing five minutes of something at the beginning and five minutes of something at the end, it really doesn't matter what um, at the beginning with kids because you want to keep things as fun as possible. Um, I mean, depending on their level, I know plenty of like 10-year-olds that are like, I'm going to win the Olympics. And it's like, okay, maybe I can convince this kid to do a couple more specific things um, because they might find it fun to think that they're doing something the same as like Brad Jacobs or Rachel Mm. Holman's team might do, right? Um, But definitely in terms of importance, something's better than nothing, especially beforehand. I would say that the beforehand is the main piece because we don't know what they're coming from, right? They could be coming from another activity, school, et cetera. And that warm-up gives you a chance to be like, okay, this is our transition between normal, not normal life, earlier life to earlier in the day life to my game, my practice, really set that tone. Um, so even if it's just getting, I, I compare coaching humans to dogs when we, cause I have a dog now, which is really exciting. When I want to do some training with the dog, we have to do something really simple to get his attention not calling kids dogs, I promise you. <laughs> but we have to do something really simple to get their attention so that we can then do the, the more focused stuff. So, <laughs> Right. Well, I'll, I wasn't thinking you were comparing them to dog stuff, so we're good. Uh, but I, I hear you, like getting their attention and, and, and transitioning them to the on ice. Yeah. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest. We do a warm-up. We don't do a cool-down right now for, many, for a, diff- a lot of different reasons. But for the warm-up, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, I mean, they come mm-hmm. downstairs. We don't have much space, and you want to make it as fun. It's almost when we start the warm up, like you can just see some kids; they're just not into it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm looking for if you have any ideas on how to make it fun. What can we do to get them interested in participating in the warm up? Yeah, interesting. Okay, so I mean, with that particular exper- or experiment experience, I might actually give some autonomy. So I'll be so at the beginning of a season, beginning of your your program, you as the instructor might want to lead it, but then as you go, you might as you and I would keep it really simple and I would keep it repetitive so that they know what's coming next. Um, maybe just like a two or three minute routine. But then I would start delegating. Like, okay, Johnny, what do you want to do next? Amy, what do you want to do next? 
whatever, like go through and have them pick, um, trying to find ways to make it a little bit more exciting and give some more autonomy to them. Maybe playing music, maybe one athlete's in charge of, I mean, obviously making sure that it's appropriate music for the warm up, okay? and <laughs> right. they get to pick the song or they get to pick two songs and we have to do certain things during the two songs. Um, I would, that's kind of how I would add, add a little piece into that. Um, I mean, little kids love to dance. They love to jump. Um, when we work at, and, and when I work at tr- the, the Trillium Curling Camps, like the athletes aren't that young, that they're not that fidgety, but I've, def- I've done some work with Little Rocks and I find that if you give them a, the time to be a little crazy, shake their body, jump up and down, maybe even yell, get that out of their system so that when they're on the ice, they've already gotten it out of their system. Right. So you give them an op- opportunity to do something silly, right? Like I do, I'm a star jumps where you jump up in the air and it's like a jumping jack in the air. Your arms and legs are off the ground and I make them yell, I'm a star. (laughs) Or they could roar like a lion, like all these, just think ridiculous. So that, that, that I think of it as like, um, because I have some attention issues myself, like keeping myself focused. So I find that it's like almost like having a little monkey in the brain. So I relate to little kids because I'm like, I follow you, kid. I'm bored too. Like, how do we make this Um, But like, if we think about it, you're not just going to cage the monkey. You're going to let the monkey out and exercise. And that way you can bring the monkey back in and use the monkey for something good. So this could translate, you got kids with ADHD. Think of the fact that they literally have a monkey in their brain. You need to let them go a little crazy so that when it's time to focus their brains, their monkey brain isn't like, but I didn't get exercise today. The monkey brain's gonna be like, okay, cool. I'm gonna sit here and listen. Mm. <laughs> not, I'm not a mental health expert, of course. This is just <laughs> experience. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what I would do. Um, I've done games where you like have a kid be a leader or you be a leader and then run, depending on your space, of course, run around the space. And they have to go over chairs and under chairs and around tables and up the stairs and maybe along the backboards. And they have to crawl and crab walk um, and cartwheel or whatever works for you. Let them kind of be a little bit ridiculous with how they get their body going. Because for a warm up, it's, I call it's why I call it activation. We're just trying to activate the mind, activate the muscles, get the body moving, get some blood flowing. Um, you want them giggling at the end and smiling because then they're going to be in a space that when you try to teach them something, they've gotten the monkey brain out of the way uh, and they're nice and relaxed. Um, I mean, again, it's been like two years since I've taught Little Rocks, but yeah, really exciting. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's a great idea for the warm-up. Uh, for a possible cool down. And, that, and this is the place where I, I admit we don't do cool downs. They, they just want to run upstairs and grab snack. But if, <laughs> let's, let's suppose we had five minutes for a cool down in a nice isolated room somewhere, just us. Uh, what would you recommend? Yeah, I'm be probably the first trainer you've talked to in a long time. That's like, if you don't do the cool down, it's not the end of the world. Your cool down is the warm up for recovery. So If you think about it, we activated the muscles in the brain and got the heart pumping beforehand. beforehand. So think of it as like turning up a dial, okay, on a volume dial, cranked it up. After the game, if your athlete, especially if we're talking like junior level, if your athletes keep that dial cranked up, then they're going to burn out by by the end of the next game. Say they got back to back. So we need to teach the kids how to turn down the nervous system so that they can rest and recover. Fun Real, like the nice thing is they're going to have a snack. Eating oh, yeah. is a way to, to turn down the nervous system. So the side of the brain responsible for resting and digesting is that down-regulated side of the brain. So you've turned down the nervous system to eat. So 
in terms of kids, like, like if we're talking little rockers, maybe even, and I do this with my athletes, if they don't want to stretch, I'm like, okay, you're going to give me, depending on who it is, one stretch or two stretches. And the idea is that they have to take five really long breaths in that stretch. So maybe you did some sweeping. So you do one upper body stretch. Every kid has to see and make it a competition. Who oh. can take the longest to do five breaths? Because as athletes, as human beings, we actually breathe too much. So when you've just taken your kids off the ice, give them one stretch. Let's say you do a chest stretch. So you want to do the right and then the left. Say you can go get your stretch. You can go get your snack when you've done your 10. But the longer is actually better. The right. longer it takes you to do that stretch, the better. So you're downregulating the nervous system. You've, stre- you've taught them about the body. Um, and then they can run up and go have their snack. So they've, they've stimulated that time side of the brain. Oh, that's fantastic stuff. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you, my episode number two was called yeah. Snack. Oh, <laughs> yummy. It was that important to me that I made it my second episode topic. So I'm all about the snacks, all about the snacks. <laughs> when, when you coach Little Rocks, uh, it's, it's a non-negotiable. You just have to find something a- after you get off the ice. to put A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Does that mean my team is just a bunch of Little Rockers? We just grew up. <laughs> you know what? I've seen, I'll tell you something. I, I see some pictures from the bubble in Calgary and they're eating snack. So oh my guess, guess what? Like, it, it doesn't matter what age you are. Like, that's part of our sport. And I think that was yeah. the whole point of my episode. Just that it, we just call it a different thing when you get older. It's not like snack. It's like broom stacking after a while. <laughs> I learned that. That is a word that I learned during this pandemic. I'd never heard that because I oh. think it's an American thing, right? I think you're, I think you're right. Absolutely. So but, they, uh, I'd see it on Twitter and I'd be like, what are they doing? Why, why are, what are they, how are they putting their brooms together? Like, I don't get it. It's like a metaphor metaphor anyways. Yeah. For yeah. anybody that doesn't know, that's what they call having a drink or a snack after the game with the other team. Yeah. Broom snacking. Broom snacking. I think we've just come up with our own term and we'll, we'll trademark it together. Steph. But uh, Steph, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I, I know that uh, we're hoping that curling returns in the fall or, or you know, January or whenever is convenient. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, if people want to get in touch with you, I know a lot of us are preparing as if. So if people mm-hmm. want to get in touch with you, whether it's for Empowered Performance or for Ask You Anything uh, about the program, even the Gender Equity uh, yeah. Award, uh, how can they get in touch with you? So uh, the easiest place to go to is my website. So empowered, past tense, performance, E-M-P-O-W-E-R-E-D, performance, um, .ca, because I want it to be a Canadian website. I was really excited about that. Um, so on there, you can find links to my all of my social medias. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I have a Facebook. I it just kind of repost my Instagram stuff. Um, but my newsletter is the place to be. It's, the, it's where it's at. Glenn. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, think so, I'm, I think I'm already subscribed. So you've got me. Fantastic. Um, so there's links at the bottom. There's a link to the bottom to kind of to sign up. And I always give something away. I think what I'm giving away right now is actually a free movement um, and fitness assessment. So if you or your team are like, hmm, where do I stand in terms of how well I move, how well my fitness is, uh, you can, you know, sign up for the newsletter. You'll get that in your email. Um, I think there's actually a second link landing page somewhere all about sweeping, but I think I hit it for, for now. So anyways, yeah. So website, 
any of the social medias that you want to follow. I do have my own podcast. I want to thank Glenn for having me on so that we can practice doing interviews because I haven't done one yet on mine, but it's Empowered Performance for Curlers. Um, But yeah, I, I do have one more thing to say. If anybody's stressing out about the fact that maybe they haven't done much activity since the last time we were able to curl and we're looking at next year and going, oh no, it's okay. I mean, like we are surviving a pandemic. Um, I push and my business is all about getting stronger and getting fitter and paying attention and and all this stuff. But like at the same time, like we have to take care of our health. Um, If anybody's stressed, think about how improving your general fitness, same with your, same with the youth that you work with, staying generally fit, regularly walking, maybe doing some exercises classes online, maybe a couple squats, a couple pushups here and there. Maintaining that fitness is your number one priority. And then as you get closer to the season, as, as our hope increases that we'll have something in the fall, or as you said, and you're closer to Christmas, um, that's when you start to gear up. So even if you just maintain your fitness right up until that two or three months before the potential season, you're going to be in a good space. Um, I just want to make sure people know that. Like I, my, I, I push online to train, train, train and be focused, but realistically, like we are surviving a pandemic. So just making sure people taking care of themselves and trying to keep the pressure low. Because, um, I mean, movement overall really helps with our mental health and our physical health. And I always say that healthy uh, Healthy, happy humans make healthy, happy athletes. And those are the people that are able to practice and play more and improve their performance. Oh, that's great advice, Steph. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, it's not an elephant in the room. It's literally the elephant is this whole (laughs) pandemic. So if we we have to recognize it, it's effects on us and we have to take care of ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. before we can take care of anything else. So check out uh, Steph's podcast, uh, the Empowered Performance Podcast. I believe that's the title of it. Empowered Performance for Curlers. For Curlers. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, and that's on the uh, the major uh, podcast directories, and I believe you can, there's a link to it on your website. Yep. Yep. And uh, I just want to credit you. You've got some really good social media game. <laughs> it, Thank you. You produce a lot of content videos. Uh, you've got a Twitter account. You got the Instagram, of course, and yeah, a, one of the best curler curling related uh, social media uh, accounts you can find. So uh, I, I, I joke that I'm top ten. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh. There's like maybe five of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, if you're producing content in a space like this, you know, it's good on <laughs> anyone who's helping to do that. So <laughs> I, I full full credit and full props to you guys and and to fellow podcasters. So yes, thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, Steph, thanks so much for joining me today. Awesome. Have a great afternoon, evening, day, whatever. <laughs> uh, at the time we're recording this, it's a beautiful sunny day in Toronto. 19 degrees. Isn't that crazy? What? Yeah. And I'm in my basement. Oh my God. <laughs> I need to get out. <laughs> um, listen, I'm in front of a microphone. <laughs> okay, Steph, take care. Thank you. So that was my interview with Stephanie. If you're a supporter of this podcast, I encourage you to follow our Twitter account, which is the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. One more time, the at symbol, followed by Kids Curling. I'll also have that Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow the podcast for free, 
visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.